Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning, I'm Karen. We're going to start off with show notes today as usual. We have our evening with medium events coming up on August 23rd and December 13th. Tickets are on sale at the website by sarlo.com. You can pick those up before they're sold out. We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. It is available on the website by sarlo.com. It is 10 minute shows, roughly 10 to 12 minutes. They run the first week of every month. Monday to Friday, we pick a theme to help you build a toolkit for emotional and spiritual intelligence. And while you're there, there are coffee mugs for sale for $15 and they have the logos on it, Coffee with the Sarlos and Sips of Sanity. We're interjecting another piece to our show notes and that is to advertise that in the next coming months we'll be using a program called Patreon where we can actually start to bring you visual components to our podcasts, which is very exciting for us. Ed Regan from Regan Pictures has helped us with our setup, chosen our cameras, our software, done some of our training. Now, we are definitely not up to his standard of editing just yet, um, but we're very appreciative that he has set us up so that we can bring you better quality and more, more stuff. Patreon is a paid tiered membership and at the different tiers you can have access to different products or services that we're offering. So we are having a lot of fun brainstorming the different tiers that we can offer you and this is all coming from client requests. So you'll have access to Coffee with the Sarlos, Sips of Sanity and like many of you have been asking for, questions that you can ask yourself for emotional intelligence written tools for your toolkit so that you can do proper reflections and build your own skills, access to video tutorials on things like active listening and the toolkits that we talk about so that you can see role-playing and implement these things in a more accurate and more fun way in your own life. So stay tuned over the next couple months for more news about Patreon. We will keep you in the loop as we, I guess, get to know it better. We have gift certificates and personal sessions available. You can go to the website to access that. You can buy a gift certificate for anyone anywhere in the world. We offer our services by Skype, FaceTime, telephone, and Zoom. Excellent. So today we are on to a client story that you have. Yeah. And, and I, this is a client story that I think can speak to people, um, whether you are in the very same situation as this client or whether you know of a friend or a family member that is. Um, and I and I say that just because I think it's work-related. I think it can play out in so many different types of relationships. So let's get right into it. So this client's name is Janice. And Janice makes a telephone call long distance from overseas. She wants to know about her relationship with herself. So she asks about her own patterns and why she feels, I'm going to say stuck, and fatigued. And she wants to know if we can do medical intuitive. And the guides come right in and say to me, no, this isn't medical intuitive at all. This isn't anything other than very pooched adrenal glands because she's stressed all the time. This is about behaviors and patterns that she has developed since the beginning of a marriage. And as a result, the relationship between her and her daughter fatigue everything in her life. So it's spilling into her behaviors at work. 
it's spilling into her friendships and whether she wants to date and whether she wants to try anything new. She feels so exhausted and she thinks it's the job that's exhausting her, but it's not. She actually is very competent, very capable, and really enjoys her work. It has to do with the fact that she doesn't have the tools, or sometimes she has the tools, but she doesn't actually apply them when it comes to her daughter. So I started and I said that to her, and she said, you know what? She says, I'm comfortable with you digging into that because that is very true about my daughter and I. And I do go in, I am in cycles. I do repeat cycles with her that I'm not happy about. And I think I do it because then all of a sudden, if there's a time when she is in a good mood and we are sitting in the house or on the deck together, I'm so happy that I have a moment where she's actually not being mean to me that I, I don't know how to say this. I fluctuate. And I think because I fluctuate so badly, everything is just a mess. And I said, okay, I'm going to start and go right back to the point that the guides are making that at the beginning of the marriage, things weren't working from the get-go. And I said, and then you got pregnant and you had her. So even before she arrives, there's so much going on in your marriage, even though you guys aren't actually talking about it, but there's so much negative behavior where he's already training you that by the time she's two, she's pretty much already setting in motion temper tantrums and behaviors where you give in to her like you give in to her father. And I said, and you do that so that he doesn't get upset. You do that so that you can keep that belief going still that you're not a failure at being in a family. And I said, but the failure feeling originates with your own father. And she's like, oh, well, shit, that's totally spot on. Didn't think that was going to come up. And I said, well, because you are so dysfunctional with your dad, the way he raises you, you don't really have the tools in the relationship between you and your husband. And so by the time the daughter's even two years old, you're you're already sunk. And I said, currently she's a young adult and her behaviors are the only things that she knows because she has seen that dad does all this shit. He bullies you. He withholds. He does all kinds of things and he throws everything all over the place. So you don't never know what's hitting you. And I said, so your fatigue isn't just because of this current relationship that you're struggling with, with your daughter. You literally have a lifetime fatigue of this behavior. It's all 50 years. And I said, and you're noticing it because it's 50. You're noticing it because it's time. It's way past time. But now you're finding at least some people or authors or books or places that are starting to say, here are some tools. And you're just recognizing that you're that fatigued. So the guide said to me, she has lots of tools. She knows lots of things to do. She's been reading books. She's been listening to YouTube videos. She's been Googling narcissism. She has a good idea. And I said, oh, well, what the hell is going on? (laughs) She has all these good tools. And I said, Janice, like the guides are saying you have plenty of tools. And she goes, yes. I said, if I said something to you like, do you know the 15 forms of abuse? You could say, 
yes. And I read Patricia Evans' book twice. And she goes, yeah, that's totally right. And I said, okay, then let me sit with your guides for a minute to find out what's really happening here. And I said, they say that you have written the forms of, or your core beliefs of the people pleaser, and that you literally have them in your cell phone. You have them on post-it notes. (laughs) You literally have them posted everywhere, what the core beliefs are, but you're stuck. You're not, you, you are aware, but you're actually not dealing with the saboteur. And she goes, go on. I think I need to hear this bitch. (laughs) And I said, okay. So I asked the guides, I said, what, what is happening? What is this saboteur doing? So I'm going to call the saboteur Gert. So I said, may I have Gert, please? And I get Gert, I'll say, walking in, which is just my version. I'm saying that so that people have a visual. But I like to see Gert as a crusty little old lady. And in this this case, that's that's just my configuration of her. She's got attitude. And she's got bright red lipstick and glasses. I don't know. It's just my way of visualizing. And... I said, so Gert, what's happening? And she goes, well, she says, I'm the one that gives her these thoughts of, you know, shit like, be happy that she's here. Be happy that you're spending the summer with her. Be happy she comes home for Christmas. And just tolerate it, just put up with it. And I said, oh, so you're the one that sabotages her. Oh, so you're the one that sabotages her by telling her stupid things or shameful things or guilt things or things where her, where her buttons were originally hit with her dad. And she goes, yes. And then the daughter can get away with it. And I said, so does her daughter actually know, is there a consciousness to know that the dad did do this? And she goes, absolutely. The daughter knows. And I'm like, oh, okay. And she goes, the daughter knows because there are other siblings and the other siblings don't do those things. I.e. say a rule is you don't, say a rule is you don't eat in the, in the living room. You eat in the kitchen or at the dining room table. You don't eat in your bedrooms. All of the kids don't eat in any of those places. She doesn't. But the one daughter will bring all of her food, her cookies, her chips, and she'll sit right in the middle of the living room and eat. And if all of the brothers and sisters say you're not supposed to, she just looks at them and says, you're a baby. You listen to mommy. So she's very aware that she's doing all of these things. And the siblings don't want to have that kind of relationship with their mom. So they don't cross the boundaries, no matter how much she bullies them. They don't do this. But she continues to do it right in front of her mother. She'll even say those things to her siblings right in front of her mother to challenge the authority, to say, you might think mom is the boss here, but I'm saying I'm the boss here. She's the mom when we want to ride. She's the mom when we need tampons. She's the mom when we want more groceries or the pizza on a Friday night, or when we go to a restaurant, she picks up the bill. So she makes sure that her siblings, even though they have summer jobs and some of them have full-time jobs, She makes sure that if they're all out for supper, she looks into her purse when the bill comes or she goes to the washroom 
or she takes out her keys and picks up her purse like I'm not paying for anything and heads to the car. So she trains everybody. So the other siblings might sit at the table and divvy up the bill, but mom's going to pick up her bill and not the siblings. So she's training everybody. So she's the new dad. She has stepped into the dad role of what her father had done. And Gert came in and said, well, this is just, you know, she left the husband, but she didn't actually clean up her shit. She didn't actually learn her lessons. So this daughter's contract with her is to, you didn't get it done. So I'm here to make sure you do get it done. And Janice says to me, well, I don't think I've ever heard the truth so clearly as in this moment, hit me right between the eyes that I want to say, Karen, that I knew this, but I didn't, I didn't want it to be true. So I was just avoiding it. And I said, well, yeah, that's Gert. She wants you to avoid it because if you avoid that and you don't pay attention, then it gets to continue. But do you realize now that you're looking at divorcing your child? One, divorcing one child before the rest of them divorce you. That's right. Because they will get tired if they haven't already. Yes, Kelly, and that's where the conversation went, that she had to choose. She was looking at choosing. Am I going to stay and allow this one daughter to continue this? And this is the relationship I choose, and I lose all of the other ones? Or do I actually value the healthy relationships? And she went, well, shit, we both know what I'm picking then. And I went, yeah, currently you're picking the messy daughter. Currently, you're picking that one because you don't change. And that is the point. The point is, is that this isn't about the daughter or the other kids or the husband, that it's all about what you believe. I, I like this story because on the outside, she can portray to friends that she's proud the marriage is done. Mm-hmm. She can talk a talk of, yeah. I left Or we went our separate ways and she can talk the talk of I'm healing and I'm moving forward. And that's true of physically moving on from the husband. But it's not on any level true of moving forward from the quality of the marriage or the quality of the lifestyle itself. She's still in it. I'm going, I'm not going to argue. I'm going to say that there are, There's certainly an aspect that that's all correct, but I would venture to say that she does have and has learned some of the tools and she does apply them in other areas of her life. She's not applying them here. And that, that what you're saying, that's why I'm saying you're saying things that are absolutely accurate. I hope that we got to the place in that conversation because we went further into the next step. Yeah, I'm making that point for listeners Yeah, because if they have not done the work to get the tools okay. to even implement in other aspects, they can talk the talk of, I left the marriage. Mm-hmm. I'm not with him. I kicked him out. Mm-hmm. But the kid is still living in the house playing out the same patterns of dad Yeah, or ex-husband. Yes. Or if it isn't one of the children, it can be the new boyfriend that does. Mm-hmm. Or a sibling. Oh, true. Of, of the adult. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Because how often do we pick a partner who plays out very much what our siblings do to us or did to us? Right. So this is where 
I'm going to say the bulk of our conversation went in her session was to simply say to her, okay, she goes, okay, I'm here. I'm in it. I'm listening. I want to move forward. What is it? Just point it out to me, please spell it out. I am ears wide open. And I said, well, I said, I think what you're the first thing the guys want to say to you is, is that you need to take a clipboard and a pen and paper and sit down and write down some of the actual things that occur, i.e. where you're sitting and the phone rings and she says, can you come and pick me up? And you're doing your own thing. She's an adult. She was supposed to get to where she was going and back on her own. And now she's pulling the, you're my mommy. Remember, you're the one with the driver's license. You come and get me. And I said, and you have to be able to not answer the phone. You have to be able to do the exact opposite of the things you've been doing. So chart it, write down the example, right? Or the situation, write down in the middle column, currently what you've been doing that's unhealthy, and then write down what the healthy thing is so that you know it. So if the healthy thing is that you are not going to drive around and pick her up all the time, just when she calls randomly, that when that occurs next, if you can't refuse her on the phone, don't answer the phone. So, and if it drives you nuts, go outside and garden. Put some good music on. If you like studying or looking at YouTube videos, go do that. But you have to do something so that you don't give in. And the siblings are going to see that you don't give in. So the rest of the family is going to notice that you're doing some work. They may help you. So they may see that the phone is ringing and that she's calling and that she's pulling this crap again. And they may look at you and go, would you like to go for a walk? And take the dog and go for a half hour walk. Or as soon as your daughter does pull into the driveway and is ready to give it to you because you didn't answer the phone, that one of your other kids says, want to go sit on the deck with me and play Scrabble? And you go out and engage. So when she comes in and starts yelling, you ignore her. You participate with that other child and you allow the other children to support you. And if the other children turn to her and say, you should have taken a bus home, you could have walked, there were a ton of things you could have done, you don't defend her anymore. You agree. You support their comments. So you could write down on the page the actions that you now choose to take. So we actually went through together some of the specific things. She said to me, can we do it together? Will you please ask the guides where I'm making some big ones that and where I need help figuring this out? So we literally took from the spirit guides very specific things about buying groceries where she wants her own junk food, where she wants her parent, her mom to pay for her stuff, um, above and beyond the regular groceries mom's providing for the family. We decided little things like that she could create a, a grocery list, that she could pull up to a grocery store, give her daughter the list and say, I need to make a business call. Here's $50 in the grocery list. Could you please go in and get these groceries? And, I, and the part of what the guides wanted her to do was to be very well prepared that some of these things were not going to go well at first. So her daughter might come out and say, I bought my junk and I didn't buy what was on your list. And she said, oh, Jesus, then what would I do? 
And I said, you would take all of the groceries back in with the, with the receipt and return them and return them all and get your groceries. And I said that, that is what needs to go down on your list because she's saying I'm the boss of you and I'll show you and you have to be able to wrench it right back and say, no, you aren't. I'm returning the groceries and get the ones that were on your own list. So we literally, we went through and we took probably 10, 15 examples, put them down on a list for her so that we could work through. And her comment was, I've never known what healthy responses were. I never had them in my family with my parents. I didn't have them with my spouse. I didn't know what they were. It could be that this was healthy one day and I might do that. And he might say, good. And the next day, He'd, he'd absolutely rip me a new one because I treated our daughter like that. So things were yanked up and down with her father and ex-husband. And now her child knows she can yank her up and down as well. And what the guides are trying to say is consistency will give you the energy that you're looking for. And she said, I'm so afraid that I'm going to do all of these things. I'm going to, it's going to just exhaust me, Karen. And it will, but exhaustion is part of growth. That's really sweet. I like that. Yeah. And I, I, people need to know that because I think that a lot of people have this conception that as soon as I grow, I'm going to feel energized and it's going to be great. Well, no, you're implementing change and change is 99.9% met with resistance, not just from other people, but your own self. Yeah. And it's, solidifying things into memory in order to make the change consistent. Exhaustion is part of that process, which is why you hear people say, be gentle. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to be gentle enough so that you can endure the exhaustion Mm -hmm. until it becomes a second nature and is your way of living. Mm -hmm. And And that's when your energy comes back. Yeah. And your energy retrieves in the process. It doesn't just show up the day you finally say after a year of doing it, it doesn't just hit you one day. It builds as you create your consistency. It's good too to recognize that that burst of energy or enthusiasm or feeling of elation can come in a moment. It can come immediately after you have a healthy response where you feel like, damn, I did that well. And then you can feel like a a bus hit you two hours later because you're tired and you're coming down off of that high of really what it is is anxiety because you're doing this new thing. Your body's gripping all of its muscles to go, oh my God, is this going to work? The elation is there as you're gripping the muscles and then you've got to come down and actually let go of everything in the body and there's the exhaustion. So you can actually have both in the same day. You can have both feelings in the same hour, both in the same minute. Can I tell you something funny that's personal? I just went to the chiropractor yesterday and she went to adjust my upper mid back, you know, like right in that bra line area. Mm -hmm. And she went to make an adjustment probably five times and she couldn't get it in. And she went, well, this is really a a stubborn part of you. And I said, okay. (laughs) She goes, what? And I said, I can hear that. Yeah. I said, um, I might need it, <laughs> so I'm not certain. 
She goes, Karen, this is making me laugh. She says, I have to adjust this on you every single time you come here. I said, yeah, I think it's a part of me that I need so that I can actually be firm, st- firm and stubborn enough that I don't tolerate some of the behaviors of eight brothers and sisters. Yeah. And she went, what? And I said, yeah, I don't mean that they're not nice people. I, I mean that when you have that many people in one family and all the cycles and all the patterns. And all the personalities. Yeah, that you do have to learn how to be stubborn or strong and sometimes determined. And sometimes shit gets locked into your body. And I said, so I'm pretty certain that if you have to adjust that every single time I come, that's probably what's sitting in there mm-hmm. and in those muscles all around it. Mm-hmm. And I know that. And I'm okay going for the massage and the chiropractic to help me deal with it. Yeah, that's a good example. Okay. Her spirit guides then asked her to plan something so that when she feels like she's the one that's changed the pattern that she celebrates it for herself so that she feels good. And I said, so what do you do that makes you feel good? I said, do you like to journal it, to write it out? And she said, yeah. She says, I really like my journaling time. She says, I feel really good with the pen and paper in hand. I like writing it out. I like sitting the book down, like feeling the book. I like my cup of coffee with it. She says, it's something I really enjoy in the day. And I said, okay, if that's your thing, then make sure that every time you take your step that you journal that day regardless of her behavior not just on the days where she changes and she's good with you Mm. and she goes oh my word I think you have found one of my patterns I journal on the days that it's good and on the days that she fights back and tries to just demolish me again with something else another attack I don't write it in my journal. Yeah, I I like what you're saying. I want to say too, for people who have a jam-packed schedule and feel like their day is nonstop, your celebration doesn't have to be a 30-minute early morning sunshine journaling session with tea. It can be, I think of Barney Stinson on How I Met Your Mother. It's a self-high five and it's five seconds, less than that, and you keep going. Or it's the Grey's Anatomy, dance it out for 30 seconds and you move on. It doesn't have to take up a part of your day where you feel stressed to celebrate. Yeah. It can just be a moment in time where you shake, you know, hypothetical pom-poms above your head and keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that was one of the key things I think that she got out of that session was that there was another aspect when Gert sabotaged her and got her again. And she had to be able to say, ah, 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 Gert, no. I, my daughter came back and attacked me and it didn't go well for me. I did end up caving, but the first time I didn't cave. So I'm going to go right down that I didn't cave the first time. So she is now determined to go and acknowledge the baby steps instead of waiting for the final big thing, that the relationship is perfect. And she went, what? And I said, I think according to the guides that you're waiting for everything to be perfect to celebrate instead of in all of the small spaces where you make your growth you only are celebrating when she makes her growth and she went you have a point well I got a little bit of enmeshment there yeah 
So she thought it was only time to celebrate if her daughter got it. Well, I think that's why the divorce happened. Right? Go on. I mean, if you're going to continue to wait until the other person in the relationship gets it so that you can celebrate. Yes. Like, good luck. Right. It, the, the first one ended in divorce. You can't wait for your celebrations to be dependent on someone else. Yeah. So you've, you've made the point. She finally got it. So her homework is to make sure that she actually does the charting. She actually does the journaling. That she actually does know what her boundaries are. And that she actually does some practice. So we actually went through it and practiced. We set up little scenarios between the two of us and we role played them in a short, quick way where she could practice even one or two sentences. When we talked about practicing, we talked about setting it up so that she knew exactly what was coming. She could set her daughter up in a situation. She might even tell the siblings what she's doing ahead of time so that they could participate or choose not to, or just choose to be present and not to be engaged in it, but be a witness to it. We talked about being able to voice record these things uh, on her own cell phone because her daughter, ex-husband, and dad all had ways of twisting her words. All had ways of saying, you didn't say that, you said this. Well, this is what you meant. And we stopped and said, no, they don't get to tell you what you meant. That's when you have to stop them. If you're being clear and concise, they don't get to say, you meant this. They can ask you a question. That's right. And we went through that. So what that, so what would that scenario look like if someone said that to me? We sat there and went through it together so that she knew exactly how to practice her comebacks. So we left it at that. That's what we got out of a session with her spare guides in relation to why she's depleted of energy. All in an hour. In an hour. We went through tools. We went through it really quick. And I want to say we managed to get through some of that because remember, she does know the 15 forms of abuse. So when we spoke about it, she could go, oh, yes. She does know the core beliefs. So she could sit there and go, oh, God, that is triggering this. And then we would slow it down and go, so why did Gert hit that one again? And she would be able to go in and go, oh, because I believe this. So Kelly, what got brought up was the fact that she's motivated by what is negative instead of what is positive. So if she thinks that, you know, the idea of living a life of peacefulness in her home without temper tantrums by her daughter and her daughter controlling everybody in the house, that doesn't motivate her. What motivates her is the loss of all of the other children. So we literally had to sit down and say, so what are your risks? What is your gain? Which way are you motivated about what's good and what you want? Will that motivate you? And she said flat out, no, apparently it doesn't because I already know that shit. And I said, so then if I say that the guides are saying that the other children are all going to stop talking to you and her, and it will be just the two of you. And she went, oh God, no. And I said, well, would that motivate you? Oh, yes. Then all of the negative things are what's going to motivate her. So I guess when you determine that the negative stuff is what motivates you, 
but you actually use it to do the motivating till you can start turning some of that around eventually. Well, you can turn it around immediately. You can. I I'm want saying... to keep my relationships, right? If what motivates you is the concept of losing your children, then you can just flip that in a way of conversing of, I value my relationships with all of my children or with my healthy children. And it's flipped to positive right away. Well, you're leading the segue into the last part of this where we talked about the fact that does she actually value the healthy relationships ultimately? And that's where you get to see if you're actually lying to yourself. Yes. And whether she actually loves the negative ones. Does she actually like the negative energy that the father, husband, and daughter give her? Yeah. And, and remember too, ultimately she may love on some level the martyr syndrome that she can say she doesn't want to risk losing her other children, but she may love the position of martyr that if all the children do leave and she plays the whole, I can't abandon the one daughter who has nothing, then in her mind, she looks pretty good yeah. and she's fulfilled whatever thing she actually really does value. Right. It was just an open conversation about this. And it was the guides putting it flat out on the table, asking her that question. So at the end of the session, she was asked to contemplate which one she wants to value. And be honest. And be honest about it. And so she actually is truly picking the same, that one daughter and wants to engage in that up and down fight mode. Then at least be upfront with the other children that that's what she's picking. Mm -hmm. And be honest with the fact that you're going to go up and down and give that daughter control over the whole family. So if the other kids walk away, they walk away. But the guides were confronting her saying, on this day, and they said the name of the date for her, on this day, 2019, you made that choice. The guides are sitting here and Karen Sarlo and you, there, there are two witnesses to this. It's with full awareness. Well, good for her. Yeah. So we got off the phone and I said, I look forward to talking to you again, if you ever call back. Looking forward to hearing your update as to which of the tools you're choosing. If you've decided that you are shifting into that you do want healthier relationships, she wants a partner again in her life. And so, you know, we quickly chatted about, hey, if you're picking the one daughter over the other ones, you're picking unhealthy relationships, then don't be surprised that when you have another man in your life, that you've also picked a guy that's going to give that to you. More shit show, more chaos. Yes. And that you are truly picking it by choice. By enjoyment. Yes. By addiction. Whatever you want to refer to it as. Enmeshment, codependence. There's just a ton of things. But that this really is with full awareness now. Cool. And that's where that conversation, that session was left Full awareness to make a choice. Beautiful moment between a human and a soul. Great. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, you're welcome. Hopefully what people heard today is choice. Yeah. I guess, Kelly, you could call this show the universal law of choice and an example from a session. Okay. So if you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at Otherwise, have a beautiful Saturday.